All right, guys. Three bucks. One day. One day same tree. Same tree. Oh my God, I'm so Woo! Oh, holy shit! <laughs> Get a shot of these. Two farms this year. Number one is done. Did you say bye, Kevin? I did. I already did. Bye, Kevin. Bye, Kevin. Bye, Kevin. Smoke it, buddy. Look at that. You destroyed it. Joey takes the shop is closing up. Make sure he takes all his right antlers. Nope. This is the Deer Shot Podcast, episode 17. It is November 14th. This will probably be airing next week, I would assume. Yep. The metrics are good last week. Yeah. So our, our podcast our, metrics are good. Yeah. Our, 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 was it the Deer Camp one or was yeah. it the update one? No, it was the update, rut update. Yeah, the rut, the rut update was good. Everything about the West Virginia one was good. Indiana was good. All of our last podcasts have been pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah. today, we are here with the infamous Jay. And Thanks Jay for having me. McClavich. 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 Yeah, close. Actually. I've, I've known him for almost 20 years. I hope his <laughs> name right still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, story of my life. Yeah. And and Jay has a a place on the uh, chalkboard now, I'm, and, that's, I'm, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm honored, man. I'm honored. I, I came in here. And I'm like, damn, man, I'd like to get my name up there. Maybe. Well, he was kind of on there, like with the bear, yeah, he is the bear, with, with the bear, bear scoreboard. He's on oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a part of that. Yeah, I was that debacle. and part of my sunset pictures that I've been taking this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but we are here today to talk about Jay's fall. I know we've talked about this a little bit on the Western podcast that will come out probably later this year, whenever we get a free week. Yeah, so you guys have talked about it, but the audience hasn't heard it yet. Yeah, but we haven't specifically talked about Jay's fall. Actually, you guys talked about everything up until starting to have success. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was just a, an unbelievable year. Um, I, I honestly, I'm kind of short of words to describe it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, probably easier if you just ask me questions and I can, like. Cook. Obviously, you don't regret because, like, this, is, this stuff is awesome. You don't regret killing that cow elk, but. No. If it would have been a bull, that would have taken it to levels that are even yeah. not even able to comprehend. Because let's just repeat for the audience: archery cow elk, archery black bear fall, and then a Boone and Crockett sized whitetail fall. Yeah, in Iowa. So yeah. I mean, that's that is one hell of a year. If you would have killed a six by six bull, you like, yeah. like we would need two wheelbarrows, one for each. Nut. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it was uh, man. Um, I, I, you know, we talked about it in a previous podcast, what your expectations and goals and whatnot, you know, and, um, mine are always, uh, if you follow me on social media at all, like I just went on this little rant the other day about process driven people versus results driven which, people, which you triggered some people with this tough shit. <laughs> um, I, I am a process driven person. Uh, it makes the result that much better if you, if your process is the grind, if your process is difficult. And, um, one of the people I quoted is my buddy, Andy in Montana, who you met. And, um, he is a hardcore Western hunter. Um, he lives the lifestyle and I admire the shit out of him. And, uh, we we sat up with a bottle of bourbon one night planning a, an elk. You drank some bourbon? Yeah, you imagine that? No yeah, way. right? No <laughs> imagine way. that? <laughs> so, so everyone knows it is 10, 16 in the morning. <laughs> listen, I'm on vacation. Don't judge me. <laughs> That's why I'm drinking coffee and water over here. So, um, and, and, and we were just talking about the grind, and, and you were part of that, and Dylan was part of it, and, man, we were working our asses off, and... I loved what he had to say. He just said, you know, Jay, to do great things, there has to be a barrier to entry. And, and like when you're out west or you're doing this difficult hunting grind, that's the barrier to entry is you got to put in the work. And, um, you know, it just I, I, I you know, I, I started listening recently to that Hunter podcast. Um, yeah. And I, I really like a lot of their what the, the things they have to say. And they had Don Higgins on the other day, who is an absolute whitetail legend. And uh, he he mentioned crossbows and corn piles and talked about Ohio and how. If was he, that Don or was that someone else? I th that was Jay Gregory. 
I'm not sure. Uh, I think it was Jay Gregory. I don't think it was Don. Oh, okay. But same. It okay, was, same. It, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it so was on Hunter. I don't want to misquote somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on their podcast, yes. one of their uh, celebrity people that they had on. And they said, or whoever that person was, right. said, you know, if you're an able-bodied person and you're hunting with a crossbow over a corn pile, it's no different than a man competing in women's sports. And I'm like, oh, that's so perfect. <laughs> it's gonna drive, that's, that's so gonna, that's gonna perfect. Hurt some souls. Yeah. Well, you know what? That is gonna hurt some souls. I, I don't. I don't. You know. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and like you said, it's it, these people are more results driven than process driven. Well, yes, they they want to exactly. see this dead buck in the back yes. of their truck, and they don't care how it got there. And I was just talking to my girlfriend. Yeah, I, that's the end goal yes. for so many people right now is to say, "I killed this. You didn't." It's, Why are you not as good as me? It's all about the picture that they can put on Facebook and Instagram and then and, the likes. And when you scroll through, here's another thing. I've heard, that, not to hijack, but I'm going to keep going on your story. It's like the sports almanac. When you scroll through the sports almanac, it just has final score, MVP, and winner. Yeah. It has nothing about the fact that right. Jim How much Kelly was put in, in four Super Bowls right. and right. played until he could no longer play and didn't win one he just has four losses yeah and it, on paper that's what people will see in the future so that's what social media is for all of it us. is people it, are it, just going to see the results they don't care what one of the things they talked about in that podcast there. was this decline in hunting right and the the number of tags being sold and the number of participants in hunting and one of them made the point that maybe it's because it's gotten so easy it's so easy to do. And I, I kind of came up with this analogy. I was talking with my girlfriend the other night about this. I said, hey, if you give a kid a video game and put it on easy and he beats it in the first day, what's the likelihood he's going to continue to play that game? Very little. If you put it on the difficult and he has to grind and he has to work at it and keep, continue to finally beat that game, you're going to get more participation, more like likelihood to try it again. If you take a child and put him over a corn pile with a crossbow and he kills a deer's first sit, what is in it for him to come back and do that? It's. I mean, I'll be the devil's advocate there because it depends on the situation surrounding him. Because that's very important. So if you're if you're if you're a nine year old kid and this is your first time you get to go out, you can shoot your crossbow in your backyard, and your dad's friends are there, and they're cool Uncle Jay and all this other crap, and then you kill a buck and they bring it back, and you're sitting around campfire or deer shop or a garage. Like that little kid might get hooked on that, yeah, and then want to better himself over time. And but then there's kids that won't. They're I think like, ah, that was boring. I'm never doing it again. But I think you're kind of you know like uh, there's a lot that but, goes into. But that. those things that you just talked about are process. Those yeah. are process things like being part of it, the build up, the seeing the people around you. I, I just don't agree with. Um, you can't expect a little kid to do it on their own though and struggle for a whole year and like it. I. You know what I mean? Like I don't I, know. That's, I think if that's you give them just a the taste of it, where that they can get that feeling of watching the deer come in, and you know, hey, it's not the perfect angle. Yeah. Don't take the shot, yeah. and then that like it's that that nugget that brings them back again. But I, you know, again, and, and also it's it's all individually based, right? Mm-hmm. Like who, who knows? So. Maybe maybe the kid just doesn't like it, or it doesn't matter. He kills his first deer, and he's gonna have ten booners on his wall in the next twenty years. Who knows? But, um, yeah, so process. This year was a process. We started in the spring and got our asses kicked in kicked. Montana. Um, That's a story that really hasn't been told yet, and we yeah. will more. We're going to do that closer to spring when bear season's yeah. coming around. Because we'll, we'll release the film and do the podcast in the bear season build-up time, like March. Mm-hmm. It's like a March, early April thing. But spoiler alert, it was a grind, and we got our asses kicked. Yeah. Bad. And, yep. And then uh, – so that was spring, and then my fall started with um, almost six weeks out west. Uh, went to Montana, and then another state that will remain unnamed. And um, I killed a black bear with my bow and an elk, so a uh, cow elk. So um, then came home for a couple weeks, and then I was lucky enough to draw draw Iowa this year, and. Um, I'm, you know, very, very fortunate to have a friend out there who's got a couple farms. They're not his personally, but he has permission. And through him, I was able to get permission. And, um, man, I, I, uh, that was probably one of the worst 
slash best roller coaster ride trips I've ever been on. Like you guys were along for. I was texting you guys, you know, and yeah, you almost quit. It was I almost no, quit. I packed my truck up and come home. It was um like, geez, you draw all the way every five years. You can't pack your truck up and come home. I know, I know. And and it was good to have you guys kick me in the nuts and say, listen, that's not you. And why we were you were. sad? So um the trip was rough. I uh just what could go wrong did go wrong. Um, you ran your bow over. I, yeah, ran my bow. <laughs> I set it against the tire of the truck and forgot it was there and pulled away. And uh, luckily, um, it just derailed the string. I didn't do any damage. Which... How, how did that process go down? So you said it, you, you're getting ready or whatever. You're leaving your truck. Yep. Are you driving down the road and you go, shit, where's my bow? So no. right when you pull out, did you notice that? I, as soon as we hear a pop, I, I heard it. Oh. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, Brad Brad was driving, my buddy, and, um, you know, he, we were parked at the farm. And, and uh, you know, you get back to the truck, and I'm taking off my safety harness and um, getting everything off. And I had just set it against the front tire. Yeah, like we to grab. do. Yeah. It's a nice soft place to set your Yeah, mouth. yeah. And uh, I'm like, we're bitching about well he actually saw a really nice buck that night i guess sent you guys that picture that he passed um and then i didn't see shit and uh we we he goes to pull out and i hear something hit the side of the truck and i knew immediately i'm like, like i'm like oh that's my bow and he sigh he goes oh no and i open it up and there it is and it looks fine and i go let me pull it back and as soon as i pulled it back it derailed oh so luckily I'd be afraid um, to even pull it back. Shout yeah. out to these guys. Oh, I wondered where that hat yeah, comes from. Yeah, yeah. So if yeah, I thought you were wearing some high-fence ranch hat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so Buck Hollow Sports. Buck Hollow Sports. It's a guy. He's been in business, I think he said, 30 years. His name is, shoot. Buck Hollow? I forget his name, though. He was a great guy. Gave me his number. Um, he, uh, If you're in Pella, Iowa, that is the place. Just as great of a guy as you could meet. We stood and talked and he fixed me up, shot at the range. Everything was good to go. Um, that night, that very night, I took the morning off, went, you know, got my boat taken care of that night. I stuck a giant and, um, I, I couldn't begin to tell you a whole lot about a, a guest score. Definitely. I'm going to say conservatively one sixties, uh, bigger than the one you shot. It's an impossible question because he was framed so differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you do I, have trail camera pictures of him, right? You said, I, I piece don't piece. know if that, so you think that was the deer. So it's pot. Yes, because it happened. I mean, it didn't happen fast, but when I, when I look at a deer and decide to shoot, I quit looking at his rack. Like, cause I get worked up, man. So I, I just quit looking. I, I, I looked at him. Knew immediately he was a shooter, and that's all I know. That's all you yeah. have to and do. There was a couple distinguishing things that I remembered about his rack. Like he had a couple almost like dagger, like G4, G5s. Mm-hmm. Just small on the main beam. Yeah, just kind of very distinguishable, though. They really looked cool, man. It just made him look really tough. And um, shot him too far forward. Uh and, you know, we've talked about before, I shoot a really heavy setup. Um, I got almost half an arrow's worth of penetration, so that I'm pretty confident that deer's dead. Uh, but blood trailed him. Just share your arrow setup because someone new might be listening. To yeah, this. so. And uh, this is a huge topic. Yeah, right now, yeah. I on. shoot. Yeah, because we're all opposites. Yeah, yeah. Huge every, every single one here has a different arrow setup. Yeah, I, I shoot a, uh, um, I think my arrows pushing what did we taste? it's about 600 almost grains, 600 yeah. grains yeah uh, 150 grain iron will fixed blade broadhead um grizzly sticks 240 spine i'm shooting like 240 feet per second ish um but that is a bone busting air and it and the arrow did its job i didn't do mine um to it went a hundred percent shoulder shot he it was through the shoulder Found my arrow. Half of my arrow was left, um, and it's amazing how many. I mean, the white tail oh, body. Gosh, the, the, this is an elk setup, mm-hmm. and the yeah. white tail body has been able to defend it off. <clears throat> also, it's crazy. Consider it's Iowa, and the <clears throat> a five, you know, a mature buck, four, five, six year old buck in Iowa. 
pushing three hundred pounds. Pushing three hundred pounds. Yeah. yeah, big big ass. Dude. I mean, you're looking at middle of the rut. You know, actually, you know, one of the things we did when we got back to Brad's house is he's got two booners on his three booners on his wall. Two of them are mounted and um, held up my arrow to to the shoulder mount to see really how far how far in. realistically that thing went through, and it probably touched the other shoulder. Like, I mean, you know, your shoulder mount's like this. My arrow It should be dead. I mean, I don't know. It, like, it's, it, I'm it guessing. Does, it really doesn't make sense why you didn't find it, but. I'm guessing. We've been there before. So, yeah, but, I lost the blood trail um, at 300 yards and some change was the first spot he bedded down. And I knew I was in trouble when I found him. He jumped a fence. And I knew I was in trouble. I'm like, oh, if he's good yeah, but if he's jumping fences, fence. he might not be dead. It's that's possible. Anything's possible. So yeah, I and got, sometimes it'll deflect off that shoulder going to the brisket, and there's nothing there but muscle. It's possible. And if you don't hit yes. an artery, then yep, yeah, there living. wasn't a ton of blood. It was followable, and the 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 bed was um, the one thing that struck me about that bed though was there was a pile of leaves that was pushed to one side as if he got jumped. Mm-hmm. And the coyotes were yeah. ripping, ripping. So it is possible that he could have, you know, had he not been pushed, died right there. Yeah, and we've run into that problem before. But... <sighs> yeah, well, that's it's even worse here because of the small properties. But if it's rut and there's pressure, like early gun season with other hunters or coyotes, these deer will go so far. Yeah. He might have died, but he might have ran two miles. Yeah, yeah. you, you, know you can I mean? let him sit as long as you yeah. want, but if something else is pushing right. yeah. Like yeah. Gun season does that for us. It's a huge it's a, thing. It's a problem because you might shoot your buck and you know you got a decent hit on him and he goes and lays down, but there's going to be some guy coming through the woods to get in his stand and it's going to yeah. push him. And then he's going to get a shot at him and it just turns into a mess. And then he's five properties so over. So you almost got to start yeah. pursuing him, but it's different with a bow. You can't do that. You know, it's yeah. different. It, 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 that, that fence that he jumped was into the neighbor's property. So um, Brad, my buddy, knows that neighbor. He texted him and he said, hey, I'm not even hunting there tomorrow. Let them let like by all means go find your buck and um, I you know I spent all day looking for it grid searched and then there's tons of CRP that's just impossible to search and I texted them and I said hey would it be okay you guys brought up you know hey try to find a dog and I'm like oh you're right absolutely so I texted him and said hey would it be okay and he said no so yeah. um, you know I, he's I mean, a hunter I can see both I sides it. of it i yeah. do too i do too but uh, ultimately his property i'm gonna respect it and um that was Sucks. that so um to say after that like and those you were, things you were probably in a, a weekend of the trip at this point maybe five days i got out there on halloween yeah it was probably a week yeah. so this, that that hit you because that was a saturday you're, and you're right in that area where you're right in the area where, dang, this grind is getting tougher than something like that. Yeah, because I'm doing all dayers, you know, and and uh, I had gone out there, there, gone out there in the spring to hang all my stands. So I'm gonna ask you about that in a little bit. Sure, but we'll get back to that. Um, yeah, I, I had all my stands hung, and then Brad also has stands hung, and uh, him and I hunt differently a little bit. Um, sometimes they cross over where we would agree on how to hunt a stand, but um, his <laughs> he's got three booners on the. I mean, he, yeah, he, he knows, he, he knows how to hunt, man. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, so my, after that, that affected me on multiple levels. One, it happened to me the last time I was in Iowa, Yeah, that's, that's which I, now I'm, sh- now I'm like ashamed. Like I'm a, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, this guy is kind enough to have me out. Let me hunt his farms. And I shoulder another deer five years later the next time you can hunt yeah six years it was been six years so um and i'm like then i feel like i robbed him of a, a friggin awesome deer that he may have shot um I, it was just on all and then just the the pain of losing a deer you know that that that's something probably most of us have experienced and it is the worst yeah you know, it's yeah. the worst i get to stare at mine every single day when i walk in it's here hanging in the shop <laughs> yeah. it's a great feeling yeah so um I, I think I ended up taking a day or two off just to get my head back in the game because um, it really bothered me. And, and then uh, between you guys and Brad and, and just the guys kicking me in the, in the nuts going, listen, man, that ain't you. you you're not a quitter. Don't don't quit. Um, yeah, you're not going to be yeah, able to do this for five, if six, seven years. If you didn't let years. us quit on a 16-day grueling bear hunt that was <laughs> fucking miserable, 
why are you going to quit on some posh whitetail hunt where you can drink beer every night and yeah. watch football when you're done and well, go to the bar? Like, I do. Why yeah. are you quitting? Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it was just a, it, you know, it's just a mind. going home's not an option. That's what you yeah. kept telling us every yeah. time. Every right. time we were laying there in the 80 degree sun on a mountain, getting covered with ticks, not seeing bears. Going home's not an option. But it might even be easier to quit in this situation because you're closer to home. You're yeah. staying at a buddy's house. Yeah. You got all the creature comforts. It's too, I it's guess too I'm comfortable. Not to, I'm too, not one to talk right it's now. Too it's too easy to quit. It's too easy to quit. You're right. You're right. And um, it, it ultimately, you know, sacked up and got back at it and did more all dayers. And, and it was, for whatever reason, dead. I'm not seeing. I, I can count on one hand how many uh, deer I would see the next three days. Was it a weather thing or was? <sighs> I think it's a couple things. I, I, I hunted a different farm than the one that I stuck that uh, deer at because I I just didn't I feel like I was jinxed or something. I shouldn't have didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there. So I went to this other farm, which is equally insanely great. But there is a an older gentleman who hunts that farm who's hunted it for 30 years, who, to his credit, is the reason Brad and I can hunt that farm. Mm-hmm. He, know, he knew the landowner. He built the connection, although he's a different dude. He is a local guy. Doesn't he just works odd jobs and lives to hunt that farm, and he will go there and and uh, walk around and wing arrows at deer and text that's you about it, does. and that's what he does. So you know whatever. That's the name of the game around here, man. But he hey. so um, he would be texting me. He you know he would hunt three four sometimes five stands in a day he would just get up oh, he would get up walk and around and, and yeah yeah that, that, that might be an older generation thing too because we kind of have a neighbor that does okay that sometimes okay he'll, he'll switch stands midday mid yeah. hunt and, and i understand that if, if it's a wind thing you know the wind's not consistent and it's going to screw you yeah move but to do it i think it's just more like out of boredom and you know whatever boredom habit yeah whatever. so i've not had, seen anything here maybe i'll see something over there exactly so i had uh multiple stands hung from the spring there and um what'd you do with your setup we actually talked about me and isaac talked about this off camera you ended up buying just regular tree sticks no so uh, did you do mobiles type stuff or did you buy like so i am a i i don't mind Luke asked if you got the drill out and some pegs. I brought them. Okay. I brought them. I didn't use it, but I brought them. I also bought a ton of just old school screwing steps. Really? I bought a couple hundred of them. Yeah. They're they're like a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. And I got the good ones that like, you know, you don't have to hit with a hammer to start. The green ones. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. They're good. We have a, we use them for hanging our bags. So I had them like in the spring, I just had them shipped to Brad's house. And then, yeah. So that's what I was going to talk about. You ship some stands out there and then you flew out there. So first class. Yeah. Yeah. With tree stands on a plane. Yeah. It it worked out great. So (laughs) that's what I wanted to talk about because it's, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. So I, um, Went out there in the spring to shed hunt and hang the stands. It was like March or something, right? Yep, yep. It was when we right. were planning for bear hunting. Yeah, it was late March. And uh, I looked at the prices of tickets and versus driving, and I just didn't want to drive. And I'm like, you know what? I think I have enough points that I might be able to upgrade to first class. And with that, you get excess baggage. You get free excess. So I... I'm like, man, I wonder if my stands will fit in my these giant duffel bags I have. <laughs> and I flew out there with like seven stands, I think, for a hundred bucks, I think it was. It's crazy. It was crazy. As long as you keep it under the limit, it doesn't matter. I just, you know. What stands did you buy? I They were all my old ones, man. I had Hawks and I had Gorilla. I don't know if people yeah, remember got, Gorillas. No, gorillas. They're great. We, They're my have, favorite stands. I wish they didn't. I wish they still existed. I think they, they were they light got, and I think they huge got bought platform. out. I think they're like bought out by that Sasquatch brand now or something. Something. River's Edge or Sasquatch. I don't think they make as nice light stands as they used to. They, they were no, phenomenal we, we, stands. We noticed that. So, uh, yeah, and I had all my, like, safety tree, uh, lifeline stuff and, and just flew it all you, out You there. run a lifeline all the way up? Yeah. Man, that's something I might start doing. Yeah. Should start doing. I, Absolutely. I, I am not a fan of that transition anymore. Yeah, trying to strap The, the older I get... That's transitioning from the top of a stick. That's the most dangerous part. To the stand. It's the most dangerous part. And if you notice, the bigger the tree, the worse it is. Yeah. So to back up, that's why I don't, I don't try to 
spend too much money on tree sticks because you're so limited. And when you're out there, the the woods, the timber is so different than it is here. Um, good luck finding a perfectly straight tree to, to wrap fr- freaking tree sticks. Yeah, on. and here, unless you're – so on a field edge, they get a little wonky, but in the woods, all of our trees oh. are – Climber trees, basically. Yeah. Straight yeah. up. Yeah. I, it ain't like that out there, man. You've got like hickories with shag, you know, shag bark hickories, which are slick and things are always falling off. They're hard as nails. Um, so, I, I mean, just I like screwing steps or my process of the drill, as long as the landowner is okay with me drilling into the tree. Um, you don't, you're not limited by any, by the tree. There's no limitations. If you can drill in it, you're golden. You can get a stand in it. Yeah, so and that's, that's a process. Dylan, I don't Dylan know if, uses those a lot too. Dylan will use screws. I don't, I don't know if any have seen anybody else talk about the way you drill into a tree. So you take a what is it, a half inch? Yeah, I have a uh, or a three eighths inch drill bit. I I'd have to know. I don't know. Exactly. So he so drills into a tree with a cordless it's a little drill, auger bit. Then a yep. big peg goes in it. Yep. So they're like screw in sticks, but you're just drilling in yep. and sticking a peg. In. Yeah, it's a bolt. That's it. It's just a, a specific size bolt, and I'll throw on a lineman's belt, and I'll have the the drill. Um, on my hip, and then I can just basically scale the tree like Spider Man, and um, you know, it, it's you can have a tree that you can't wrap your arms around and just you you scale it. it. Yeah, it's great. And I don't know the implications of whether that hurts the tree or not. I know you've done it in some trees in our woods, and we haven't seen any issues with that. Yeah. From so years and years. Yeah, ago. Luke made a joke today. Like, Did he bring his drill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, six o'clock in the morning. Here's, <laughs> I mean, I, I obviously I do it <laughs> yeah. before I hunt. Pre, preset. So yeah. most all your stands were preset. You weren't really hanging and hunting. Correct. You weren't doing the the fad I, of I today's had, world. I had marked some spots that if I were to do that, I knew exactly you, they were ready. Yep. You weren't going in blind at all. Right. And like yep. we were trying to do in Indiana, and it was it's yeah. it's it makes it harder to go out when you know you have to find a tree. Yeah. Hang in it. Yeah. Sometimes in the dark. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that doesn't get talked about. Like the mobile hunting fad's huge right now, and all the guys huge. are doing it. And it's it's all the rage on YouTube. What doesn't get talked about is the guys, and, and and obviously this is not a blanket statement, but a lot of these guys that are doing this mobile public land cell hunting live there. They can so go there. so when or we, they go you know, there multiple hear, times a year. Yeah, yeah, or you hear guys like us like, oh, we go on a public land hunt in Indiana, and we got to figure it out as we go. It's way different than the guy who lives 20 minutes from public has his whole life. He knows the yeah. woods just like we know. It might our be woods. a ma- a mobile set, but he's hung in that tree. It's ten times. Well, it's yeah. yeah, it's interesting people's ideas and whatnot. Like the first guy that I, I I'm gonna screw his name up, but I I don't know if he still works for him, but uh, he's a uh, I like following him. His name's Cody. D'Agostino? D'Equestrian. D'Equestrian. That's he, it. His dad's on. His They they own the Lone Wolf Tree Stand Company. Okay. Well, the dude's diesel is shit. There's uh, a long. He's like a CrossFit guy, I think. And yeah, there's a long yeah, history. Dying, of, dying Breed Bow Hunter. That is okay. his uh, yeah. Instagram. It's not bad. Like, he do, he's come to Ohio, and I I, I kind of. Uh, he's, he's probably one of the five most famous mobile hunters in the world okay without without getting without into the doubt. stories yeah he started with his father his he's, dad Andre, he started lone wolf his dad's the one who, st- who built theoretically there's some argument within the industry but his dad's pretty much the one who invented the mobile tree stand yeah so they oh, started lone they wolf, owned lone wolf. Uh, they sold lone wolf they started xop and lone wolf custom gear and then they sold xop and now they lone wolf custom gear oh Okay. It's a huge story with a lot of drama, but that's oh, pretty much okay. So yeah, he he is it. a huge name. Yeah. Okay. And but his persona is a little different than normal. His persona is yeah, he's a, de- a like you said he's a diesel, not a neck beard. Yeah. Two types of mobile hunters. The yeah. The, the yeah, neck beards yeah, yeah. and he's, the, the like the guy is legit. I think. But no, he is legit. But anyways, there's no question about his so so. You know, it goes back to kind of what we talked about in a previous podcast. um like how I cut my teeth doing this. Yeah. I would travel. Because you're from a past generation. Yeah. I mean, dude, I was thinking about this the other day about trail cams. I built my first trail cam with a uh, mobile, like, you know, the motion lights? Yeah. That as the sensor. Hooked up to a. Hooked up to a uh, specific I think it was Cannon a power Cannon shot, something. 35, or, uh, whatever. Olympus, yeah. And you, we had some wi- of those. And you wired it and you put it in like a birdhouse housing. And yeah. it was 
I mean, that's how I came up, you know. And then um, we know you're you're old. I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> yeah. I'm old. Yeah. And, and go out and I go out west and hunt Iowa, Missouri, Kansas, and um, became a topography based hunter, and just really relied on if I if I'm you know no deer movement, they're going to move through this spot in this way on this wind for this reason, and that's how I started hunting and um like we're it's very different than you guys where you know your deer yeah and it's like well I, here's a destination food source and yeah you know, like, blah, i don't blah, know blah. anything about the you know i was you know talking to andy kelly the other night he's like name drop he wow that's obnoxious <laughs> <laughs> um well i mean the guy's phenomenal yeah, no, and, for, and i like yeah. i like picking his brain and and um he asked me about my deer and i'm like i I don't know anything about it. Like yeah. it, it's not like, like it's, I, I've got permission to hunt this farm and I looked at the topography said, I would hang a stand here, 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 and here. And I would hunt that stand on this wind, that wind, and this wind. And that's where I think things start getting a little different for me when it comes to a lot of other people. I think a lot of people hunt the wind that's good for them. I hunt the wind that's good for the deer. And then I try to work around that. We've talked about this in the podcast, I think, before, or maybe I've wanted to, but that is the that that is probably the best way to hunt somewhere like what you're doing. When you have a farm like ours or these private farms that you're gonna spend four months hunting, sometimes less is more because if you do that and then the situation doesn't happen. So maybe the buck does come in, but it's just edgy enough to where he got you instead of you getting him. Yep. He might not ever come back for the rest of the season. Yeah. So when you're hunting these private farms that are only 40, 50, 100 acres, yep. you got to kind of be careful because when you make that move, like this is the night that it's going to happen move, and then it doesn't happen, yep. it might do more harm than good. Yeah. But if you're if you're in Iowa, large places, definitely huge tracts of public where you're only at for a week, yep. you can make those decisions because – Damn, I busted that. You deer. can be a little. But bit I'm more. only going to be here for four more days. Another deal, do it. I don't have to worry about the long term ramifications. But I we think, might not want to screw a certain field yeah. edge or a certain food plot or a certain bedding area because we get one shot. Yeah, you know, I, and- I, I just, I it, so on my uh, very unimpressive wall, I <laughs> have uh, that has worked out for me every single time uh, that I hunt that way. I kind of put myself in harm's way yeah, hunting the, the edges yeah and 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 we will too and during those, the rut and, and stuff you have to but. yeah and and it's worked out um it you know both of those mature deer this year came in exactly how i thought they would um and it was just it really came down to i got a i got pretty fortunate that he zigged instead of zagged and because you know, 20 yards to his right, I'm busted. Yeah. 20. yeah we, we can get into that story, too. You haven't talked about the kill yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and uh, to, yeah, to go back, took a couple days off after the miss of finding that deer and um, got back at it. It was dead. I think it was, you know, a couple factors of the guy walking around and, um, EHD is really bad this year. Yeah, they really bad out there. Thank, founding thank a lot of God dead deer. We haven't had to deal with that here. Oof, it was bad. There's a pond on that farm, and there were deer just dead, floating in it. Basically, yeah. I mean, no bucks. They were all does, but it's still sad to see, you know. Um, and then temperatures were rough. It got warm, and then I think you had yeah. a little bit of lockdown. I think those big mature bucks are going to be the first ones to get the the first does that come into heat. Yeah, and because we had lockdown They here, locked them down. Late October. I mean, proven yeah. trail camera lockdown. Yeah. Buck, doe, lock. Yeah. We had it here early, yeah, in late the, October. They were in so. the same area for days at a time, not even moving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get the same buck on camera three days in a row with the same doe, just, yeah. you know, hitting spot, hitting and so, spot, hitting spot. We, you know, we're not, we don't, I don't know, like, we're not hanging cameras out there. I don't have, right. I, I don't do any of that just for the simple fact of, I know there's big deer there yeah. and I feel like it's just a personal preference of mine to not know what's there you know i i i think it's a my buddy has hung a couple couple cameras early season absolute giants on camera that's all i i mean i'm good so um yeah so that morning 
that uh, we decided to go. Brad had been giving me, you know, on this particular farm, I, I think there's probably, I don't know, it's pushing 600 acres. I think. Square mile. It's almost a square mile, yeah. Damn. And it borders uh, a couple thousand acre public lot, yeah. public public land. So um, I can't, I couldn't even tell you how many stands are on this particular property, I, I, at least 10. And um, he had been giving me choice of stand and it typically didn't over you know we we typically didn't overlap because he doesn't necessarily hunt like i do but i told him i said hey i'm after missing that deer and feeling like i robbed you of that deer um you pick and then i'll pick so he picked his stand actually he picked the stand that i shot that deer out of and because it's a great stand and um I said, I think I'm going to go to the south ditch. And he goes, ooh, gee, that's a bad wind. Mm-hmm. And I go, I know, and that's why I'm going to go there. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling I'm it. feeling man. risky. I said, it's, yeah, uh, I uh, I feel good about it. Um, it it's, it's really comes down to a zig or a zag. If it, I know they're going to come in primarily one way, but if they go left of me, because the stand is facing due south, crop field to my north it's a ditch with like a, a hedgerow creek so it's, it looks like a t and your the stand is right on the edge of where all that comes together it's a really good topography stand and um it's really dug in it's a it's an old oak so uh you got great cover there's no way they're going to see you unless they smell you and for first 45 minutes of daylight um these crop fields like kind of rise on each side of the ditch. I see a body drop out of the field, come in due south of me. And I look at him and I go, that's a, that's a really respectable deer. Like I thought it was just a heavy eight. Um, and he's grunting, comes in heading right to me and he drops down into the ditch and then drops up and he's coming to my left where I'm screwed. The wind's blowing right in there. Yeah, it was a northwest wind. So um, it's like this. And he's getting ready, and I have no shot. And for whatever reason, he just stops and does an about face and comes this way and gives me a. Comes right in front of your face. Is there any chance he caught a little whiff and was like, oop, not going that way? No. Okay. No, no, because he was still grunting. Too, he was still, I mean? yeah, not. Nah, he was still grunting. <laughs> I think there was a there was another buck over this way that I didn't see until after I shot him. Mm-hmm. That I'm guessing maybe he saw that dude and was going to run him off. So he grunted all the way in, gave me a great twenty five yard shot, um, and I, I was not. Yeah, gonna, what did you do this time? I did not make the same mistake I did last time, and. Uh, I felt maybe if I had to critique myself on the first time, I rushed it. I was excited. I rushed the shot uh, this time, stopped him, took my time, ice in the veins, and uh, made a great shot. And he ran 40 yards and tipped over. And this whole time, I'm thinking a very respectful Yeah, I think you deer. texted us and just shot a buck yeah you yeah. you did you, you see, were real really like, yeah, i shot a buck and but he's okay yeah i yeah. think he's good like, i wa- i was very it was a respectable maybe deer. maybe 40s is what you said yeah. maybe 40s it's funny so you did it, just to interrupt right at the shot there so yep. I, I know me and you talked about this yesterday off camera but like it's the nick schlau thing remember i told you about the nick schlau shoulder thing Yes. Like, don't look at the tits. Yes. Don't look at the tits. It's don't look at the so, tits. And then it, people it, do it. I and then love they do it. that. I absolutely like love that in your analogy. Brain not I to love shoot it. the shoulder. Don't look at it. Don't look I at it. I love that it. analogy. And you just pop it right on the shoulder. Yeah. Because you're trying yep. not to. Yeah. Know? I love that analogy. So yeah. you didn't do it this time. So I didn't do it this didn't time. Did you specifically yep. move back yep. on purpose? Yep. Yep, it was in my head the whole time. Don't shoot the shoulder. And I took Move extra back. time to like, you know, do the whole one eye, two eyes, make sure I'm perfect, you know. Yeah, I do that sometimes too. Like uh, I'll open both real quick. Yeah, and just like- to make sure I'm not missing something, you know. And uh, you know, complete pass through, couldn't have been happier, forty yards, tipped over, and for the first time. In my life, ground growage, ground growage. Not even a word. Yeah, he texted, but he just texted us like ground growage, like just two words. Like, what is that? Ground growage. We're like, 
I was in the I was in the stand when this was going down. I'm I'm just looking at my phone like, God, I'd do anything for that right now. <laughs> anything. I beating I, my head on the ground. Yeah, this little knoll he ran up like it's just like the topography of that ditch. There's this little like knoll. It's like you know. 10, 15 feet high. That's where he fell over. So I couldn't, I saw him fall, couldn't see him past that. So I had to get down. I, you know, this is the first buck I've shot in over 10 years. And, um, you know, not to get too crazy emotional it's about crazy. it, but like 10 years, no buck. I, uh, that's unimpressive. Yeah. I, you know, I pass a lot of deer and, and, um, well, I, and to be true, you haven't really whitetail hunted much and in I, that and, 10 and years. That, that's where I was going with this. Like, I, you know, I lost my, one of my best friends uh, to cancer and he was the guy that I whitetail hunted with. And um, I haven't had that like passion for it since that happened, but I knew this trip would be different, you know, because it's Iowa. You're going back it's to Iowa. Iowa. And um, I, I walked up that knoll and I just saw tines sticking out of the grass. And I was like, Oh my God, what is that? I had found someone else's buck. I, it was, that's really what it felt like. I was like, what just happened? And I pick him up and he's just a heavy, massive he's a six by six. Yeah. To set six the picture, he's, he's a chocolate horn. He six has by six it all. That's almost 20 inches wide. Yep. Six inch first mass measurements yeah. not the bases the first mass measurement yeah or six inches on both sides he's 170 and change 170 yeah. and change green yep. score as a typical like 170 we got 170 and two eighths you got like 173 we I, I measured it twice isaac scores uh, conservative i would say yeah, yeah, i always i safe to say he breaks 170 yeah safe to say there wasn't very many i think there was like less than four and inches he, of he netted so netted 166 166 yeah yeah he's a he's a solid no that many people have shot a net typical 160 very few yeah yeah usually there's junk yeah yep there's no abnormals on this deer oh just a solid 12 point he's got lots of prickly bases but nothing an inch long and it's just man he's he's a deer of the of your dreams yeah 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 you couldn't ask for anything nope. more no, I just couldn't. You could go ten years now without killing another one. Hundred percent. Yeah, and you might, <laughs> and I might, I might, because it will be six years before I draw this tag. Nah, again. we'll be. Yeah, <laughs> but, but we'll be. But from we'll what, be itching to get you in the deer woods. And what, from that. what you were talking about just a little bit ago, possible Kansas, blah blah blah. You've already got the whitetail bug back. I can tell. Because before this trip, you're like, eh, I don't care. Go out. Yeah. We, we shed hunted one of your properties up here last year. My, I remember specifically my buddy two years ago. Our farmer shot a one thirty eight. An eight, it's, a, it's an eight point that scored one, three, eight gross. And you're like, ah, I passed him 20 yards. already my trees. I'm thinking you, you're hunting Northeast Ohio passing near one forty inch eight points. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. I, I like, just, no one does that. I, I mean, there's like three guys who do that. If it doesn't excite me, um, I'm not shooting it. I'll shoot a doe. Yeah. You know, it's, it really comes I, that down just, to that. I remember like, and that was in, that was during your situation with mm -hmm. your friend and all mm -hmm. that. You were hunting his farm that yep. day. Yep. So like you, and I get it, but like. I'm thinking, dude, he is insane. Almost 140 in J point. Like, no one in Ohio really. There are we we have guys that come in the shop that pass those deer, but yeah. not many people do. I, I mean, it's you're just, one of the few that do. It's it it just comes down to you know personal preference. Yeah, what and, you want to do. Yeah, what you want. What you what you decide is a successful hunt. You know, I may not agree with it, but ultimately, as long as it's legal. What if it's a corn pile crossbow buck? Yeah, I, I mean it's legal. I don't yeah. respect it. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give a shit about your Facebook post if that's how I know you're killing shit. Um, I, I just I don't. There are levels to this game, and that to me is the lowest level. And well, you, jack lighting with a fucking seventeen is the lowest level because well, that happens too. But, there's of a legal, lot of legal. There's a lot of that going sure. on that we don't. You know, sure. people are posting, and it's like. As a real small arrow hole. You yeah. Know what I mean? uh, yeah. But, but yeah, and we, we had this conversation the other day that there's a difference between hunting and killing. Yeah. I was gonna, hoping to bring that up. We're going to start calling what some of these people do as just killing. Yeah. Like, I mean, going yeah, out don't and get killing us wrong. Deer. We, we kill a lot of deer. Yeah, yeah. Deer drives, late season does on corn piles. We will, we will stack them up because we eat the shit out of it. And it tastes yeah. good. Oh. But we're, you know, every year we want to tell a story. And we want to tell it in a certain way. We want to tell the story of the hunt that we had. Yeah. yeah. 
There and there are different levels to it. I mean, there we there's, there's times where we tap out and hit the easy button. Yeah, and we've all killed deer. My buck last year, I killed late season over a corn pile. Didn't use a crossbow, but late season, late <laughs> yeah. season over a corn pile, January sixteenth or something. I, freezing. Ethan's me, buck is a corn pile crossbow buck from last year. It was his first deer. Well, I mean, and let me let me you know. let me be clear. I, I I'm I killed my first deer with a crossbow. Yeah, right, and, and, right, and it just didn't feel right, and I never went back. It, it just it felt gross. Um, I didn't like it, and I don't have anything against crossbows in and of themselves. They don't belong in an archery season, and they yeah. don't belong with able-bodied people. They, I, I can agree with that. I think I think that I think there's a place for them, absolutely, during a gun season or having a specific crossbow season. But to call it archery is the most obnoxious shit I've ever heard. Yeah, it goes like, against every every definition of archery that there, there is. takes zero practice. You shoot that you. It's got a scope for crying out loud. I would say that I, I wish Ohio would do a specific crossbow season yeah. because there is times and places where they are right. You know, and you got your elderly, your younger. Yes, there's a lot 100%. of things. There's a lot of things where crossbows are okay. Yes. With. I would love to see like January 1st through the end of the season become crossbow only because the way you hunt that late season with a lot of bait or food sources, you know, deer moving together in herds, late movement. It's what happens is why deer drone recovery and and deer dogs and all this shit happens is because crossbows are legal all year round. And we have a guy in our group. Unfortunately, I love you to death, Tyler, but you're guilty of this already this season. You got that cross gun in your hand that you can shoot one inch groups at 50 yards with your scope it's a basically a gun right so during the pre-rut and during the rut deer chasing running around hitting scrapes moving through fields there's a lot of deer movement things are happening really fast people are just winging yeah they are just winging bolts yeah. it is a proven fact i don't you can come on you can comment on this youtube video and you can comment on this podcast till you're blue in the face about how we're assholes and all this shit but the truth is in the numbers the amount of deer that are being lost during archery season has more than tenfold increased since crossbows have become very prevalent and legal. Those it guys, is creating slop. Yeah, those guys. It creates a ton of slop. And if you don't see that, if you only focus on the good, because there is good. Kids, first deer, situations where bows might not be ideal. Old injured people, people late blah, season. Blah, blah, blah. I get all that. You're going to focus on that. That's, that's all good. Like this plate of meat and cheese is awesome. But there's a lot of people who handicap themselves, who just go out there with their crossbow because they think it can kill anything because TV hunters do it, and it shoots 500 feet per second, and you can get groups at 100 yards, and it's so easy. And then you mix in the deer woods with that, and it just creates an unbelievable amount of and I wounded would, deer. So I would love to see amount. somebody that's a crossbow hunter come in here and tell me that they've shot their crossbow more than 20 times this year. Right, because they don't. Zero. There's probably I mean, I, to be honest, I've zero Alex, people. I've seen Alex Argerakis out here shooting his crossbow like three times this season when he comes over. He does shoot, but I'm not saying he shoot it 100 times. But, but he's shooting it. To be good as a as an archer with a bow and arrow, we're shooting 50 times a day sometimes. Yeah. And there's I've people that go the out and shoot their crossbow three times. Oh, yep, it's good this year. Let's go hunt. I've been That's shooting the do. same bow for eight years, and I go out and shoot it at least once a week. I come out here before a hunt and put 10 arrows downrange at 30 yards, and I've been doing that for eight years with the same bow. Because you even even <clears throat> though it's second nature, you have to practice the situations. Those guys. I draw on the tree still. You know, get to make sure yeah. that I can actually draw in my setup. Because yep. when we're filming with our camera arms and all this crap around us, you'd be amazed at how many times you think, wait a minute, my camera arm. I can't even shoot that direction. Mm-hmm. And I got to move my arm or move yeah. my body because I physically cannot even shoot the way I want the deer to come because I put all this shit in the tree. So you got to you gotta stay on top of the ball game. Crossbows have created a lack of woodsmanship. And- yeah. It's it's eliminated. Going, bringing this back to the beginning. It's eliminated the barrier to entry. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's- the only thing you have to be able to do is pull a trigger. Yep. That's, That's all you have to do. And those guys on that Hunter podcast, they uh, they had some really interesting statistics about some of the states that have newly legalized crossbows. It's always been legal in Ohio, but there are some states that are just now, for whatever reason. Michigan, Wisconsin, a state like uh, that. I think it was Missouri. Um, I think Kansas has now allowed it. Um, it's wild that the, the statistics. 
the statistics that they came out up with of the numbers that crossbows have changed it's wild well man. did you see hunters uh, see i don't there's very few hunter podcasts that i listen to the whole thing for there are some that i have because there's some they have some guests on there that i really enjoy but i see i see their instagram posts like their little short clips their reels that they post all the time and the, no those are interesting and the one was you know Twenty thousand bucks. So they did, and, and I, I think their numbers are all bullshit. They're just making them up as they go half the time. But that's okay. We're generalizing. They said like there was twenty thousand bucks in Ohio killed over the age of four, potentially. Like let's just say the number is twenty thousand in Ohio over the age of four. They said eighteen. They said they believe eighteen thousand of them were with a crossbow over a corn pile. So that left two thousand bucks in the entire state of Ohio that were killed without the use of corn or a crossbow. Two thousand out of 20,000 over the age of four. I don't know where they get their numbers yeah. from. It was just a quick video. But like it, Luke's deer over here on the wall, his 145 and 6 eighths inch archery buck without a, without corn, they like according to them, something like that is only done like – What does that work per- out percentage-wise? Like what are those numbers? Two to five percent of all the bucks <sighs> are killed without corn or crossbows. I, without. Boy, I don't – I don't know how I feel about mature that. Mature bucks. Mature bucks. We're not talking about yearlings because that number, who knows? I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know either, and I don't know where they got the 20,000 number. I'd have to do a little bit of I don't research. Well, so in, don't quote in, Ohio, exactly, but... in Ohio, the crossbow is the most popular weapon that kills deer. Yeah, by sure. far. By sure. far. More than gun, more than bow. You have so much time to do it with, and when you throw in bait with a crossbow, I, I'm just like, it's just, it's, bo- it, it's, it's bizarre killing. to me. It's, it's killing. Yeah. You are killing. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. I, you know, we have two big bucks on this wall here. I don't honestly know if Cassick hunted his over corn or with the use yeah, of I'm not corn. Sure. I guess I didn't ask him. We got, we got a one forty five and a one sixty that our group has killed so far. We know the one forty five was killed without corn with a regular bow. I don't know if Cassick's was. I had I guess I had to ask him. He did shoot it with a regular bow. Just not sure if there. Was yeah, if I could get involved. him on the podcast or not. He's. We have a lot of guys that will watch our podcast, listen to our podcast, showing up in our videos, but they don't want to get the mic in front of their face. Really? I don't, and I don't blame them. I mean, hell, we haven't got Nick on here yet. We talked about Nick in every podcast. Yeah, we have not got him on here. Yeah, I got to meet that dude. I got to get him on here. But anyways, yeah, crossbows. yeah. I mean, and then you know, mine. No, no. I mean, fuck. I don't even have use cameras. You know? Yeah, well, a lot of these, impressive you know, So our group of guys, our our hunting group of guys, I'd say is about ten people deep. Only five of us actually film. So the four, the four Simon brothers and Spaniel are the only ones that actually. Okay, so of your up, of so. your group, um, you have how many of you guys consistently kill mature deer? Cassick is it, and Dylan. Cassick and Dylan. Okay. Nick Nick kills a mature. You don't got, you, you wouldn't Nick, consider yourself in that group. I I did it last year, so. But I'm that's it. I mean, I did, so I was on a three year streak. Three and years last prior, year, you did. Yeah, and the, last yeah, year I but did that, not. Uh, Nick's I would every say three over years. your over your hunting lifetime though you like what is consistency right like so i've got a pretty unimpressive record of uh mature deer there there is a handful of guys that we know that do it every year dylan every year dylan's one of them dylan will kill maybe one out of five years they won't kill yeah dylan will kill a mature buck every single year nick is good for every three not without lack of trying but he he will fall into the category. Like Nick does what I do. Me and Nick are really fucking bad at this. We will fall in love with the idea of one deer, and mm. we will do a lot of stupid shit to not kill other deer. Mm. Like I have had, just, it's it's a curse, but it is the way we hunt. So he, we get one deer in our mind, and we pretty much let everything else pass. Which I try, we try not to do it every year, but we end up doing it. And I'm getting good at Isaac's, killing mature small deer. Yeah, Isaac's killed two mature deer. Two like, five-year-olds. Two in years in a row, years. he's killed five-year-old bucks that have scored nothing. One twenty-one and one hundred seven. That's yeah. super impressive. But man. they're they're they were aggressive, mature, bully bucks that we have history with, and they just were assholes. And Isaac killed them. Should, should we like just get the unimpressive thing out of the way so everybody yeah, keeps asking talk, each so, other? So if if somebody made it, we're almost an hour into this thing. If somebody made it an hour into this thing, we'll, we'll share the story on what this <laughs> unimpressive. It, it's and it's, it's probably going to be the first time this. In, I don't know if we should call him an individual or if we should call him out. Nah, that call this, him, we want to do. We don't need to name him. That this individual yeah. has been talked about on this podcast. He's in the lexicon of our. He's not in our group group, but he is an acquaintance. He is a hunt. He is a hunting acquaintance of ours that we've had for a long time. Yeah, and another so local guy. I kind of want to just put it to rest because I get so many 
like it's such a joke between us mm-hmm. that a lot of people that don't know people what don't know what it is. And like, I'll get text messages to be like, "Why are they calling your deer unimpressive?" Like, that's not. And I'm like, "Well, it's that's not. It's an inside <laughs> joke. They're not being disrespectful. Like they're buddies of mine. Oh, it's I've an been. And if he I does, will be disrespectful at times. So he he <laughs> will know who he is. And if he does hear this, it's because he is a. Hardcore fanboy that he is yeah, an hour into this. Yeah, he's listening. Yeah. So, if, so he, if he does get mad, it's because he is a fanboy. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 cliff notes of what happened is this dude. Um, he, I think we met via social media. I think, but we're lo- both local guys. You know, and, you went to the same. You went to the same high school. Went to the same high school. Yeah, he's a lot younger than me, and um, he started he's not that much younger. He's older than me. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's in between us. He's probably oh, okay. ten, 10 years. Oh, okay. You. All right. So he uh, you know, he started hunting and he's got um a very very successful family business. And I don't want to take anything away from them. They actually his dad did work for my folks. Huge yeah. business so and huge now huge and super successful and they're very good at what they do. I've so, always had good run-ins yeah, with his family. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Like this is just ball busting. So he um would ask me advice on how to hunt this farm and he would send me trail camp pictures and it turned out i had a buddy that hunted right next to him and i was getting a lot of the same you know how that goes you know yeah. I'm get, the, hey, i've seen that book yeah, before. yeah 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 so um and i told him hey this is just what i said a, a second ago this is how i hunt this is how i would hunt this deer and to this dude's credit I don't think he listened to me, and he ended up killing a deer. Like a pretty he kills, deer. he kills every. Year. He he ended up killing he, this. He deer. kills deer every year, no problem. So he, it's not a question. Yeah, but it's kills, kills. But yeah, kills. at the time, I think he was hunting with a compound. He was like a real bow. No, he did. He'd spent some time hunting with the compound. It was when he first really started getting into it. Um, he killed this deer, and um, not because of any advice I gave him. I think I don't even think he listened to me, and he ended up killing the deer. And then I was like, hey, man, that's great. He sent me pictures of the harvest and everything, harvest photo, the kill photo. And he goes, hey, I really like how you take your pictures. Would you mind coming over? And I happen to be in, I happen to be home and not working. And I'm like, dude, I just do it with my phone. He's like, no, that would be cool, though, if you could come take some pictures. So I did. Went over there and met another dude over there, the um, Jason. Good guy seems to be so uh <laughs> i don't know no i know he, he jason is I've, I've paid him a lot of money in taxes yeah over the years, yeah so. so he was over there with a real fucking camera because he knows how to take real pictures i'm with there with that my was phone his, i guarantee you it's his wife's camera oh, i don't know but uh <laughs> so he was doing his thing with his photos and i was doing mine with mine and you know i i like a, cheesy you guys were making an event out of this trophy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes was he wearing a red hoodie so who the hunter in question i don't remember <laughs> i think I he, remember. he has I a think. thing for wearing red hoodie oh, he okay. wears this red fin feather and fur hoodie and all his trophy pictures okay. so um anyways uh i said well i'm gonna go back to my place and edit these up on my you know computer and he's like well i, I kind of would like to see how you do it maybe i'm like sure come on over man <laughs> and um mandate he comes over to my house and we edit up the pictures and I, you know, I'm getting his opinion on how he wants certain things to look or whatever. And, uh, I, I don't, I, these things don't cross my mind, uh, that like I have deer on my wall, you know, and fast forward sometime later, probably my, years, years, probably yeah, years gets bro- My name gets brought up amongst you guys. Yeah, we were, you- we were probably talking about your Western trip or something and I- how you're, you know, no, no, no. We were talking. Uh, we we were specifically talking about what we were talking about in this thing. I think we were talking about like hunting over bait and corn piles and crossbows because that's how he hunts and it's legal and there's nothing wrong with it. And he kills plenty of deer. And we we were just talking about that. And then they were making, you know, I think he put, po- po- you know, he was poking fun at the fact that like our group of people, you know, we don't kill as impressive deer as his group of people. Or him. So, like, he kills a 140, 150 class, well, maybe even 160 at times, buck every year. He was pointing out the fact that, all oh, the Simon Brothers are only killing 130s and the occasional 140 and blah, 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 blah. Like, you guys aren't as good as, you guys aren't as good of killers as we are. And I brought up the fact that, like, one of the best hunters that I know doesn't kill a deer every year either and doesn't hunt the way you do. And I would put his ability to hunt his way through a farm over your ability a hundredfold just because he doesn't have 
does he doesn't kill 150 every year with his crossbow doesn't mean he's as bad you know as good of a hunter as you and his retort to that his infamous forever retort that he will never be able to shoot down for the rest of his existence he had the audacity in a group of people to drop i've seen his wall it doesn't impress me and that is that, stuck that is, from that so moment that, on yeah. it has stuck forever that this guy you know, individually, he's an all right person, family business, good. I'm sure we'll get him on the podcast one day because he'll bother me enough to finally get some <laughs> podcast time. So but this for- individual hunts in that way, a way opposite of you, had the audacity to drop in front of us. And I don't think he knew the man, the, the, the extent of our relationship, maybe. Probably not. About how your wall of killing deer the way you do is just unimpressive to him. Yeah. yeah. And it, so it's stuck. And, and this and, year he shot a 110 inch buck with a crossbow over corn. Yeah, yeah. And you shot everything that you have. And right. it's now like every once in a while you just get to drive that. So I, I would say just, for, in, just to know? kind of put the lid on this from my perspective, I just find it very gross that someone, you welcome someone into your home and someone walks out with some sort of judgment. Like yeah. that is gross. I would. Ne- I, it doesn't even cross my mind to that. Like that's not even a thought process in my head to to go into someone's home and judge. To be mm-hmm. fair, you know the place where he said it. This group on Snapchat, the Smack Talk group, is a bunch of absolutely brutal, <clears throat> ball busting man conversation that we could never run for politician if it was ever shown. But I'm not part of it. You know, so we've had people in you that group. You don't do Snapchat. No. I'm not, I, no. Right. But by proxy, because is. you sit here with us, you are right. You got yeah. roped into it. And because of that, you know, there's there's been a lot of stuff said in that group chat by us, towards us, to us, from us, all in, in all different circles. You know, there's been a lot of stuff said. So, like, you know, it is there is some tongue in cheek to it. It's not like you were on a witness stand. And it's, you it's, know what I mean? It's like, so bizarre because he said the wall wasn't that impressive and blah, blah, blah. But the wall is impressive. <laughs> Very <laughs> impressive. It'd yeah, be like, different if like, you know, Jay had his like little eight pointer and six pointer. He was real proud of. It would still be very rude. Maybe right. true. But yeah, the true, fact but that rude. this is the fa- <laughs> this, this is so bizarre because it was so untrue. Yeah, I, I, I guess not, not to blow you or anything, but you got like a couple one fifties and I don't know one. Yeah, I've got two sixty two ones. Well, now this one the one seventy two. Yeah. I've got two in the sixties, two in the fifties, and then yeah, free range wall, anybody horn, would kill archery them. turkey. Like yeah, I mean, there's just soon stuff. to be a bear. Yeah, bear, soon to be a yeah. bear. Like yeah. It's just funny. Um, it's you just... know what? It, it's 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 what I enjoy doing. I love the DIY stuff. Again, it's the process. I enjoy the grind. I enjoy the suffering. I love all of it. Um, there is something I, that's. I will. I got something else to say though. Okay. There's a difference. I can already. I can already. I already know deep down where this stuff roots in because, and this is just me talking philosophy. But look at us, right here where we're sitting. What we do for a living, how we live our lives, everything that goes on. Like we're government workers who take a lot of time off to travel and enjoy our enjoy our experiences, and we don't have the ability to throw thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and stuff. Whereas a lot of these people that like the individuals that are hunting opposite of us, mathematical thinkers, business owners, expense, time put in, reward. Like, well, I'll just spend this to get this and it's done. I got it. Why would you, why would you waste six months running around Montana like an asshole Sleeping on mountains, that's stupid. That's a waste of time and money. It's just you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll, it's go, just I'll very, go to this outfitter. Yeah. I'll go to this guy to hunt. It's, I will it's spend this much process. on my blind it's and kill the simple. deer. It's different just, trying to think it's just different thinking. Yeah. It's simply. I it. will I and and just you guys are, you know, gracious enough to have me on here for a reason, I guess. And that to me is because I'm not afraid to speak my mind. I don't give a shit about people's opinions. I don't respect. And um you know, I will take, I will uh, hold Isaac on my shoulders for his free range DIY Western Forkhorn over the fucking corn pile booner all fucking day. Yeah. And it's the same way I feel. So but there are some people who cannot figure out why you would They can't ever fathom care. it. Yeah. I can't even fathom why yeah. you would care about a small deer ever. Yeah. It, it, it's you like, loser. I, why are you shooting yeah, a small loser. deer? You fucking loser. Yeah. Like. I guess <laughs> I, I, it just, it, you know, I, I really value that, um, you know, the man who enjoys walking will get to where he's going much 
faster than the guy who hates walking but just has a place to get to. Imagine, but think about this. Like, we have these sunrises. There's places we have been. Let's just use that individual. We'll just pick on them a little bit more. There's places <laughs> yeah, we ha- there's places where we have stood and looked at a sunrise or a sunset or heard an elk bugle or seen a bear or done all this stuff. Or not seen a bear. There, <laughs> there's places we have gone and done this stuff at in the middle of wherever Whoville will never get there again that he will never get to. He'll never step foot there and see it. So it doesn't matter to us. We have our experiences, you know, whether, just, whether it makes the wall impressive or not, but we, there's things that we've experienced individually and together that cannot be taken away from us. Like that one sunrise where we took the, you took the picture of me and Isaac mm-hmm. in Montana uh, and at moose paddle, like, yeah. damn, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. that's never something that'll ever be able to be taken from us. No, that to me, you know, we, we put that, you know, that picture on the canvas print and we're going to do that one on a canvas print. Yeah. And, and those that to me is no different than a taxidermied animal. Yeah. That to me is the same thing. It is a moment in time that will bring back memories forever, forever, forever. And um, that's what I do it for. And uh, yeah, I mean, um, I just I, I, I love the the process man it, it's that's what it's all about for me for sure 100 percent. and i think that probably wraps up this yeah, story I'm saying that's that's good for now well th- thanks for coming on and um uh, sharing the story me. of your deer it's yeah su- such an impressive deer there's just there's no other word for it besides impressive yeah, it's a great buck man. so that's I'm why really, we call it unimpressive I, it's yeah. it's uh i'm i'm uh, I'm very, I'm very fortunate to have the opportunities I have. And I, it, it, that is not lost on me. So thanks for having me. And Thank, thanks for sharing some of the elk loin, Uncle Jay. I appreciate yeah, it. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Jay delivers, man. <laughs> and, and, and his venison trail bologna that we've been yeah. munching on. Oh. Yeah. I love sharing it, man. That's a, the other part of it. I love, it's more than I'll ever eat it, it, it myself. So I love sharing it. I guess we can just sit here and watch ourselves on TV and hang out. A little yep, bit more that's what we'll do. Sweet. Everybody, <laughs> thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. This is the Deer Shot Podcast, and we are out.